millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to the Land of Bourbon and Bad Decisions. This is Relentless Daring, live on Podbean.com and the Podbean app. I see Lady Di and Scuba Steve are already up there on the chat box. So I'm doing something a little different. Uh, if it's a little echoey, I have the mic pulled back to my face a little bit, and I have a camera pointed at me right now, staring at me with that big, evil eye I see. So, yeah, I'm going to try doing this, putting it up on the YouTubes here after I play with about some editing software. Uh, tonight's episode is not sponsored by, however, it is fueled by Maker's Mark, one of my favorite bourbons. So, uh, something that's really been hitting me this week is all the absolute insanity and the violence. And uh, it's not so much the violence but it's the way that media and politicians have been using the violence not so much to to make things happen in a positive light but just to divide and devour and destroy everyone else in their path and to to force a political agenda that they're trying to make kim welcome to the uh, live room there i see you and it's been hitting me hard this week. Wow, I'm beating the crap out of my mic. Um, to the point where, you know, I'm a religious person and God laid a message on my heart. And it's one of those messages where you know it's going to rub people the wrong way. People who think the way you do, people who don't think the way you do, they're going to hear it and it's going to be upsetting because it's going to lead to conviction. And when God laid this on me, I'm just thankful he did not ask me to take up arms again because ooh, I'm not quite ready to start pulling triggers on things in a literal sense. So, complicity. What does it mean? The dictionary defines complicity as the state of being involved with others in an illegal activity or wrongdoing. Complicit behavior has been on full display for the last several months. Hell, for the last several years. Remember back to Baltimore after Freddie Gray died while in police custody. Mayor Stephanie Rawlings-Blake who, quote, also gave those who wish to destroy space to do that as well, end quote, along with protecting legitimate protesters. Even going back to 2014 and the Ferguson riots, media and city leaders worked to downplay the violence, the arsons, the damage done to minority communities and minority-owned businesses. We see it on display over and over again. Community leaders and media go out of their way to downplay violent actors and equate them to harmless sign holders. In Minneapolis, we saw journalists like Ali Velshi staying in front of a raging fire and referring to the riots as, quote, mostly peaceful protests. Mostly peaceful protests that caused millions of dollars in property damage, including the destruction of an affordable housing project. 90-some-odd apartments gone, wiped away, erased, before they could house a single minority family. And so it goes, on and on, round and round. 
However, the worst part is that it seems our political leaders are doing more than tacit approval and turning a blind eye to the violence. It seems that there are cases in which they are trying to stir up the violence. And this takes me back to George Floyd and the actions of Minnesota Attorney General Keith Ellison. Now, I have to be very clear. I am not condoning the actions of the police during that arrest. However, new evidence is coming to light, such as the fact that the medical examiner announced that a lethal level of fentanyl was in Floyd's talk screen. Add to that body cam footage of Floyd in the back of the cop car and sitting on the ground saying that he couldn't breathe before Chauvin's knee got anywhere near his neck. So now you have four cops who will be tried together, one of whom who is charged with second-degree murder. Now you have information that any bottom of the class, barely past the bar, public defender with no experience could dismantle these charges with. So now comes a question of the intent of why overcharge. Keeping in mind Keith Ellison's history as an activist and a leftist bomb thrower, it stands to reason he would use his office to create a dangerous situation before the election. Overcharged Chauvin. Failed to get the guilty verdict. And then the city erupts, just like L.A. after the four acquittals in the Rodney King case. I know this this kind of tinfoil hat territory, but look at some of these Soros-funded activist prosecutors and attorneys general. St. Louis D.A. Kim Gardner, who went after Governor Greitens and got him to resign over fake charges that he was later cleared of. The same Kimmy Poo that is now prosecuting big-time Democratic donors for having the audacity to demonstrate the willingness to use force to protect their mansion after violent protesters crashed the gate of a private neighborhood to go protest at the mayor's house. Now, in Kenosha, another potentially bad shooting. Now, I have done my best on social media to keep my opinions on the actual shooting to myself as I simply don't know the details. Yes, I know Jacob Blake was brawling with the officer. I do know he had a sexual assault arrest warrant out on him. I know he refused to comply with officers ordering him to stop walking away from them, all while having sidearms drawn and pointed at him. I know he appeared to lunge for something in his car before being shot in the back. Now, on the surface, it, it appears to have been a bad shoot. Even with the news coming out that, yes, he was in fact going for a knife, which they found in the floorboard of the driver's side of his vehicle. I think it still could have been resolved by tasing him. There's also reports that he had been tased and he just shook it off. So, I don't know. And this is just my opinion. I, I know law enforcement officers have to make split-second choices that can mean life or death. I've had to make choices like that while in Afghanistan. And fortunately, none of them ended in the loss of my life or livelihood. Or the same for any of my soldiers. Now, almost immediately, rioting broke out. Car lots were destroyed, even as they had Black Lives Matter signs hanging on their windows. The local Unitarian Universalist Church with their profession of the importance of black lives on the church sign, was burned down. It's an amazing picture. Seeing that church burning, the church sign melting, and it says, Black Lives Matter. Obviously, the church didn't. But where was law enforcement? Firefighters were unable to reach these businesses, so owners were having to hook up power washers, in some cases, to put out the flames. After the first night of the riots, Governor Evers refused to send in more National Guard troops to reestablish order. So then citizens were forced to take up arms in order to, do, in order to defend their property. Enter Kyle Rittenhouse, a 17-year-old kid who went to Kenosha as with many other out-of-town protesters. 
Rittenhouse spent his afternoon in Kenosha scrubbing graffiti outside of high school and then took his aid bag and AR-15 to a friend's business. The business had been damaged the night before, and he, along with other impromptu militiamen, were trying to keep the rioters from finishing what they started. Rittenhouse was interviewed by a couple intrepid reporters, including the Blazes' Elijah Schaefer. During these short interviews, he stated that he supported the protests. However, he didn't support the riots and was willing to provide first aid to anyone who needed it. When asked about the rifle, he said he wasn't dumb. He knew he was going into harm's way and he needed to be able to defend himself. During his interview with Schaefer, he said he had already been pepper sprayed by the crowd. And then he walked off in the mid-interview to provide first aid. He was later accosted and called words that I will not repeat and repeatedly attacked. This isn't a matter of speculation or conjecture. This is on video. When he felt his life was threatened, especially after a gunshot rang out during the constant haranguing, he reacted. The results of which have been plastered all over the news. Outlets such as Reuters, the Washington Post, Vox, and others would have us all believe he was a white supremacist. Hell, that's the first thing I heard was that a white supremacist was shooting black people. Uh, no, he wasn't, a black, he wasn't a white supremacist, and he shot all white guys. Even today, a BLM Incorporated organizer was making the accusation that he had shot kids. Forget the fact that all three were nearly twice his age. But I'm not just here to convince about the goings-on in Kenosha. We have seen the spin from the media from all over. They use the fact that, yes, the overwhelming majority of protesters are in fact peaceful to couch the claim of mostly peaceful protests. They provide cover for the anarchists, the agents provocateur, and the anti-fascist black shirts, and the looters. Local, state, and federal leaders, they don't play the violence. Congressman Jerry Nadler quite publicly stated that, quote, Antifa is a myth, end quote. Portland Mayor Ted Wheeler has allowed the Antifa violence since 2016. During the past several months of the attacks on the federal building in Portland, he has painted the federal officers protecting the property and the lives inside that building as the aggressors. He even went out of his way to attend one of the peaceful protests at the federal building where he was shocked that he was tear-gassed as federal agents tried to disperse the rioters. Just like when they got the media to show up and film all the moms standing between the fence and the protesters to spin the story about how bad the government forces were. Seattle, Seattle had the chop chaz and it was allowed to continue until by the mayor for several weeks. Well, until the protesters showed up on her front stoop. As of today, protesters are at Ted Wheeler's apartment complex turning on him. They are the proletariat turning on the bourgeois socialists. Again, St. Louis, we saw protesters crash the private community to take the protest to the mayor's house. Then those two Democrats walked out on the front step with guns drawn, all hell broke loose. Missouri's Castle Doctrine doesn't explicitly ban brandishing firearms to deter a potential violent act, which is what they did. But in true political fashion, D.A. Kim Gardner has sought to prosecute them for a non-crime. This is the complicit behavior we have to watch out for. We have to be on the lookout for allowing behavior that would be abhorrent on all sides. Sure, Ammon and Clive and Bundy were protesting Bureau of Land Management and their policies towards ranchers and grazing on federal land. Then there's the standoff at the federal park in Oregon. Now, while we may have agreed on the principles they were standing up for, the way in which they went about it was incredibly hostile. 
and like how all the BLM protests have led to the deaths of 36 men, women, and children over the past several months. A supporter of the Bundy siege in Oregon was killed. Not by the protesters, but by federal agents when they crashed through a roadblock trying to get to that, uh, to that park. This has been a hard message. We like to think, oh, we're not doing that. <laughs> we're above that fray. Can you believe what they let them get away with? But we have to make sure we turn the mirror on ourselves. Make sure that we hold ourselves to account for our own complicit behaviors. Lawyers always supporting the police and shooting incidents, regardless of the circumstances of the shoot. And I've seen it where if they just comply, they wouldn't have got shot. It's like they were complying. Like the kid who got shot in the back and killed with, well, he was on his knees trying to follow orders from a cop that were damn near impossible. The Kenosha police shooting of Jacob Blake is one of those moments. I know we're all prone to making judgment calls. It's part of our nature. But our nature doesn't always lead us in the best directions. Edmund Burke once said, The only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. And that's the biggest takeaway out of all of this is that I think we're sitting back and watching it and well, it's not us doing it. Look at them over there. And it, it's sad. Uh, let's see. Look at the chat box. Uh, Tariq Sherwani. What do you guys think of BLM? I think the sentiment of Black Lives Matter is absolutely true. 100%. I do believe that there are racist people who would love nothing more than to wipe out black people. I mean, look at the founder of Planned Parenthood. That was her whole goal. However, BLM Incorporated, BLM Trademark, I don't stand for what they believe because they are a Marxist organization. They are a deconstructionist organization. That's not me casting aspersions on a group that I don't know, a group I don't understand. That is me going off of their own what we're about section on their website. Plain and simple. How do I justify 6% of the population committing 50% of all violent crime? I don't justify that. I don't justify that at all. Um, I can point to a lot of things that lead to that 6% committing 50% of violent crime. And a lot of it can go back to progressive policies. Progressive policies that led to redlining to get, you know, force minorities into certain approved areas of cities. You know, they they use zoning laws and coding to, you know, force in New York City a large majority of African Americans into Harlem. It's a reason why Little Italy exists because well, we got to put all these Italian immigrants somewhere. We'll stick them here. It's the reason why you have Chinatown in New York City, San Francisco. Well, we don't want them mingling with the population. And so, and then you add into other, pro, other progressive policies that keep minorities and even, you know, white people who are impoverished, you know, 
keep them on the government dole. You keep them on the government dole, you keep control over them, and it doesn't allow them to want to move up and out. Uh, Tariq says, same with Somalians in Minnesota. <coughs> I can't speak for that because I live out in the woods, and I love it out here. It's quiet. If I had minority neighbors, I would invite them over for a barbecue anytime. But, you know, it's just absolutely sad that, you know, there are people who would rather let their political beliefs, their political agendas, dictate their reaction to certain things. Like I said, there are conservatives who will look at any police shooting, regardless of how god-awful wrong it was, and use that as an excuse, well, they deserved it. Uh, no. Uh, the, the guy in South, was it South Carolina, North Carolina, who he got pulled over for a taillight. He got out and ran from the cops. Okay, that's not good. I don't condone running from the cops. But I don't condone the cops shooting him in the back because he was running away. That was a white man shooting a black man. There was a video of a white man in his pickup truck pulled over by a black sheriff's deputy. He was reaching for his wallet and the black sheriff's deputy took two steps back from the driver's door of that vehicle as the guy said, hey, yeah, I'm going to get my gave my wallet. And he pulls out his sidearm and starts shooting the guy. The guy survived, thank God. And yeah, that's not, I can't condone that. And, and like I said earlier, you know, we really we have to stop and look in the mirror, turn that turn that gaze on ourselves. That way, we're not just saying one side is wrong. If our side is wrong, by God, I want it to be wrong. I saw a report about uh, a Tea Party member. This back 2010, a Tea Party member who had called a black congressman the N word. And I hope to God the people around him smacked him upside the head and said, what the hell is wrong with you if this is in fact true? There's, there's no sense in it. There's no need in it. As conservatives, we are awful about, oh, screw emotion. We're going to put that on the back burner. We're going to make all of our, make all of our cases with logic and reasoning. But there's times where we there's times where we don't put logic and re we don't balance logic and reasoning with the uh with emotion. There there's a perfectly acceptable time to you know have emotion in your argument. Am I a democrat? No, I am not. I for a long time I called myself a Republican, but even then the way Republicans have gotten, I'm leaning even farther away from that, and leaning more towards a libertarian than anything. Where you know minimal government involvement in our lives is, you know, the best bet. Um, it, it's one of those things where. As younger me, Republican all the way. But now I really have to balance where, you know, if there was an up and libertarianism is one step away from anarchy. True. Um, of course, you also have to look at anarchy as not just being you know the the two kids running around on uh Talladega nights you know spraying the water hose spraying a water hose in the neighbor's house throwing the world war 2 medals away going anarchy 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 can have a purpose and it can have a 
Um, Michael Malice actually is a uh, self-described anarchist. And he's a guy who he immigrated from Russia as a baby. He was brought over. And his parents have told him the stories of how bad the Soviet Union was. And so he he would look at me, and he's to the point where he would look at me as a libertarian, and he'd call me a statist. Just because I believe there are things where the government should be involved. So, and... Uh, Tariq says that he is a centrist, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, so, you know, a centrist, you know, again, they can find that balancing point between where does the, you know, where does state involvement need to end, and where should people, you know, get up, you know, pick themselves up and, you know, go do it themselves. Uh, Scuba Steve asked if Eric July considers himself an anarchist. I know he calls himself a libertarian. I've never heard him refer to himself as an anarchist. So, uh, that's just kind of where that one sits for right now. Because I really haven't put a whole lot into Eric July. He's still kind of new on my radar. I haven't listened to him a whole lot other than, uh, whenever he's a guest on other shows I, that I listen to. So, I mean... Hey, if he considers himself to be an anarchist and he's not destroying the world, hey, so be it. All right, I'm going to take a quick break and I will be right back. This is Tyler from Relentless Daring, and I am launching the brand new RelentlessDaring.com merch shop. Instead of having to go to a third-party vendor, now you can do everything right there at RelentlessDaring.com. If you want to buy merch, go to RelentlessDaring.com slash shop, and there you can get hats, you can get t-shirts, you can get hoodies, you can get coffee cups, you can get stickers. Go there today to show your love for the Relentless Daring podcast, and as always, stay relentless. All right. Well, I'm uh, getting back into it. So, um, gang, before I go into uh, going more into the all the Kenosha stuff, uh, there's a question about who Eric July is. Eric July is a uh, he's an African American commentator, and you know, I said he, you know, big burly guy who, uh, you know, he he. Looks like he'd probably rip your arm off if he uh wanted to <laughs> rip your arm off if he wanted to. But like I said, he's a uh, yep another commentator who's you know relatively new in all of this. I mean, I'm pretty sure he has a blue check on Twitter, so he has more of an influence on the conversation than I do. But hey. Eh, who cares? We're all in this together in these troubled times. Blah, blah, blah. Wow. So, you know, going back to the Kenosha stuff. Um, uh, so, the Rittenhouse kid, everyone made a big deal that he just was allowed to walk past the police, even though he'd done this horrible shooting. Which, my opinion, is that he acted in self-defense. However, he's a dumbass because what kind of 17-year-old kid takes an AR-15 across state lines 
to a place where there was rioting. And I got it. You know, maybe he really felt that was in, that was called for. I don't agree. But then again, I do have the uh, the benefit of having been to combat and knowing how to read a situation to go, you know, if I want to go and provide provide first aid, you know, for people who are protecting this business, that's cool, but I'm not going to bring a gun because I could end up like the guy in Austin who brought the AK-47. And because he was strapped, he got clapped. Uh, that kid was so detached from what he did. I I don't... If you're acting in the heat of the moment, I don't know if he was necessarily detached. I mean... I I said I've had to shoot at people in you know a combat situation. I really didn't think too much about uh the bullets going down range and what it was doing to their bodies at the time. I would imagine if again some hooligan had been following me around, throwing crap at me all night, calling me horrible, horrible names trying to trying to uh trying to incite something and then if he tried to jump me and there was a gunshot went off I probably domed him too but you know it's just one less child rapist in the world it's neither here nor there was I a marine no I was not a marine number one, I don't like the taste of crayons. I'm sorry to Marine listeners. I'm an Army guy. I have to do it. It's it's in the contract. Kind of like I pick on... Uh, kind of like I pick on Scuba Steve and that so-called silent service thing, you know, with the submarines and stuff. Blah, blah, blah. What he's doing on a sandwich, I don't know. But, yeah, it's better to have it, not need it, than need it, not have it. <laughs> Army guys always crap on Marines. It's what we do. Tariq, the Marines, they crap on us. The Air Force craps on us. But it's cool because I'm an infantryman, which means I'm one of the two jobs in the entire military. Infantry. And support. So, it it's what military people do. They always pick on each other. It's how we show our love of our sister services. But, like I said, in the situation, the he was just acting. You really don't have time to stop and think about it when, you know, again... He was put in a situ. He, okay, I'm not gonna say he was put into a situation. He put himself in the situation. <laughs> As a military guy who wins a war between U.S. and China, oof, oof. Well, China has the population advantage, but we're just better uh, technologically we're better uh because again they do ha- they actually have a lot more money to throw at their military than the Soviet Union did so oof i would like to think the us would win but you know, <laughs> they lady dice says they stole the technology from us yes yes they did but um but yes in the situation it's easy to say, oh, he was detached. You know, he just shot the guys and, you know, he ran off. And, well, yeah, you do what you have to to get out of the situation. You worry about it later. And then even the accusations that, oh, 
hey, the cops just them walked past. Well, the cops were like a block and a half, two blocks away. If you watch the video, um, I don't think it was um I don't think it was Elijah Schaefer's video, but there is another reporter there who had, you know, followed him from the time of the shooting all the way to when he arrived at the cops. Like I said, they were a block and a half, two blocks away. And he approached him, hands in the air. He was ready to surrender. And they just told him to get out of the street because they were going to go deal because they heard there was a shooting. You know, and so he went home to Antioch, Illinois, like probably an hour or so drive away. And then he turned himself in at the Antioch Police Department. There was no, oh, we found out who you were and we went and arrested you. We went and arrested him. He turned himself in. And we have got another report here that says that, uh, you know, the, the guy got his wing clipped, which if if we're going to cast aspersions and throw stones at people for doing the wrong thing, the guy who got his bicep shot off, he he's got a, a, a couple things going against him. Like the fact that he's a convicted felon in possession of a gun. Uh are at best 30 minutes apart. Okay. Thank you for that one. Um, I can't read your name. <laughs> Is Sudiger fan nineteen eighty seven? Yeah. Um, that whole northern, northern Illinois, northeast Illinois, and I really don't know that area very well, other than my time driving semi and hating Chicago. Oh, it's the Libertarian Ninja. Okay. I'm glad to see the, glad to see the ninja made it into the show. How's it going, buddy? Still uh, having fun delivering all those uh, wonderful, wonderful uh, snacks into the, uh, to all the vending machines. Oh, we don't have vending machines at where I work. We have a we have a little canteen, so it's like lots of microwavable stuff. But no, it's like it's like I haven't I haven't uh apparently Libertarian Ninja has been tweeting me, but I don't have it. I do have it open. I'm just not looking at my phone. But, you know, so the guy got his wing clipped. Like I said, he's a convicted felon. And a lot of those uh, convictions are felony domestic violence. And it's just like, holy cow. Why did this guy even have a gun? How did he get a gun if he's a convicted felon? I would hate to imagine some guy who's part of a radical leftist group called the People's Revolution Movement. I would hate to imagine that those people um, would would invite violent, violent criminals and wife beaters. So in all this, you know, we have we have a child rapist who got domed and will no but hey, at least he died doing what he loves. Chasing after teenagers. And you have the wife beater who's going to have an arm that's permanently damaged, and so he will have a hard time beating his partner. That guy regrets not killing Kyle. I read it in sort of an article. Yeah, I actually have that. I have an article that says the same thing. It's like he told a friend that he wishes he had killed him, which is mm, probably got the gun in Chicago, took it across state. Yeah, but the thing is, though, is this like the uh, the Air Force veteran 
who shot up the church in Texas where somebody somewhere didn't put that domestic violence conviction into the system because the provost marshal's office for the Air Force forgot to do that with that guy, and he was able to get guns and, you know, killed off pretty much the entire church. Yeah, Kyle's defense will definitely have to throw the... Oh, especially since uh, now that uh, Mr. Lynn Wood has signed on to be the attorney to represent Kyle Rittenhouse pro bono, which is absolutely awesome. I mean, I think it's going to be great that he's got such a good defense now with with uh, Lynn Wood. I said Lynn Wood. Lynn Wood. Two different names. <laughs> I just threw them together. But um, yeah, so it's absolutely nuts. He helped my attorney since he himself is not a criminal. Well, okay. He's not. Okay. So Scuba Steve says he's not representing. He helped him find. I think it's. I do think, though, it's. It's his law office, though, that's actually going to uh, do it. We're actually going to provide the defense. Based off what I'm, I'm reading, I don't have everything right in front of me. But, yeah, he's it's awesome, though. He's going to get better than a public defender. That, that's just like the... Worst thing in this kid's case is that if he was re- relying solely on public defender, <clears throat> and then seeing that, you know, you know, Jacob Blake, they're they've raised almost three million dollars for justice for him. Okay, is it really justice if he was? Like I said, my thing about complicity earlier that was a written. Uh, a written monologue, which anyone who's listened to my show longer than one episode, you can tell I don't do pre-written monologues. Usually if I'm monologuing, it's off the top of my head. And how that train of thought doesn't derail every time, I don't know. But at the time of writing it, one of the things I didn't know was that during the scuffle with police officers, and that's putting it nicely, was that they had attempted to tase him and he brushed it off. Oh, I don't know if you've ever been tased before. I have because I was in Afghanistan. I was bored and we had MPs who were bored and they wanted to do something for their own entertainment. So I volunteered. It's something that I don't want to do again, ever. Having experienced a taser, I have determined that if a cop tells me to jump on one foot while patting my belly and rubbing my head, I'm going to jump on one foot while patting my tummy and rubbing my head. Or whatever complicated uh, thing they tell me to do. Because tasers suck. And this guy, he shook it off. Now, that's not saying that he's... uh, It's not saying that he he was under the influence of something. Because there are some drugs that will allow you to do that. I'm but I don't know because I have to wait for his talk screen to come back and see what it says. Kind of like how George Floyd come back that he had a lethal dose of fentanyl in his system. That's why he couldn't freaking breathe. They could have they could have left him sitting on the ground 20 feet away from him. I have a strange feeling he probably would have died anyways. And and like I said, 
you know, any fresh out of fresh out of law school, bottom of his class, barely past the bar, public defender with zero experience, can go, look, we can prove that it wasn't second degree murder, you know, at best negligent homicide, you know, third degree involuntary manslaughter, whatever, because they didn't recognize the symptoms of uh, respiratory distress as a result of an overdose on a narcotic. We can prove we, you know, we can show. Yeah, he's guilty of that, but he didn't do this one. You know, so I don't know. And then finding out that he was lunging at something in the vehicle. And he had told the cops, I have a knife, I'll use it. And then he's lunging into the vehicle for something. And I've seen people, well, they should have tried to pull him out. Well, they did try to pull him out. When he got shot, there was an officer, you could see him pulling on his shirt, trying to drag him back out of the car. But... It is what it is. Uh, see, Scuba Steve says, I believe Mr. Wood contacted attorney John Pierce to help Kyle. Mr. Wood is also offering help to do every single attempt to raise money for Kyle's defense, getting shut down almost immediately. Liberal forces are working overtime to get Kyle convicted. Well, again, it's everything's going back to a narrative. White guy with a gun, bad. White guy with a criminal record with a gun. Well, he he he's fighting on our for what we believe. He's on our side of the argument. You know, the enemy of our enemy is our friend. You know, going back to uh, some very very bad foreign policy. But I mean. That that's really what it comes down to at this point. And and every time something like this has happened since the all the George Floyd stuff kicked off, I mean, they were tearing down that statue in Albuquerque a couple months ago. People showed up to protest the tearing down of the statue. Dude was getting beaten with a skateboard and he pulled a gun and defended himself and they, the media tried to blow it up and make it a lot like the, uh, the Rittenhouse thing now. But then video is a hell of a thing. I wouldn't be surprised to see these charges quietly disappear in the middle of the night or especially like on a Friday when you know all of the news that can be dumped on a Friday has already been dumped and then just slip this one little thing in the middle of the night don't even don't even uh, put it out there where people can see it in the daytime it, it wouldn't surprise me it's like a uh, you know, earlier I talked about Eric Greitens and the charges against him. There was never really a, I mean, his story was national news, but the charges being dropped against him didn't really reach outside of Missouri. Why is that? Hmm. Curiouser and curiouser. Well, I think that's going to wrap this, uh, this train wreck up for the night. Again, thank you all for tuning in. Those of you who are listening live. Yeah, I have listeners in England. Hell yeah. That, you know, that's just, ah, that makes me happy. Uh, thank you all so much for tuning in. If you did not tune in and you are listening to this on your favorite podcast app, Especially if you use Apple, I ask you to do four little things. Four things, nothing much, just four little things. Number one, subscribe. 
Go ahead and click that subscribe button. Get notified every week when the show comes on. Number two, rate it, preferably five stars. I'm still trying to make up for that one troll who gave me the one the one star rating. Turd. Number three, write a review. Doesn't have to be super flowery, just enough that if someone sees, oh, most people who listen to the show seem to like it. <clears throat> yes, uh, five stars. I believe that's the appropriate number of stars. Um, but you know, leave a nice review. <laughs> it's great, whatever. Why? Why does that sound so familiar? I just can't figure it out. But you know, twenty stars, best podcast ever. That sounds really familiar too. Huh? I'll be damned. Anyways, <laughs> leave a nice review. That way, when it pops up on somebody's recommendations, they go, oh, most people seem to generally like this. Yeah, let's read some reviews. Well, people seem to really write nice things about it. Cool. And the last thing, number four, please share it. Share it with a friend who you think will like the show. Share it with your liberal friend who you, just because you want to drive them back crap crazy. I don't care. I I I love hate and discontent. So if so if I can vicariously spread hate and discontent amongst your friends by sending my show to them, by all means, use me. I have no shame. Anyways, oh, and also be sure to go to relentlessdaring.com. It's another place where you can stream the show. There you can buy hats, you can buy t-shirts, coffee mugs. You can also donate to the show at the top of the page. You will see that donate button. Click that. You can set up a one-time donation. You can set up a recurring monthly donation. And all of that money from you know, merch sales, from donations, goes into making this show better for you. So thank you so very much. Glad you're listening. And as always, stay relentless. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.